welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, I'm joined by a wonderful guest, Andrea who's the founder and CEO of the Enhanced Fertility, which is a company that uses at-home diagnostics and artificial intelligence to improve the time that it takes to diagnose infertility and fertility treatment outcomes. Andrea's mission is to improve accessibility to personalized fertility care at minimal cost to populations globally. So welcome Andrea, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Ola. It's a pleasure to speak with you again. Yes, again, right? (laughs) First time was last year. So thanks for agreeing to be here again. So to start off, please tell us a little little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, uh, I am a nurse consultant, first and foremost. I've been a nurse for a long time, Um, but I was almost a patient for as long as I've been a nurse, because I was diagnosed with infertility when I was very young. I was just 17 years old. I was trying to figure out why my periods hadn't showed up yet. And the reality is that it took me a long time to figure out what the problem was. Lots of blood tests, scans, investigations, Uh, I was prescribed medication to see if it would trigger um, my periods to show up. Lots of hypotheses on what could be wrong and even surgery, I had to have surgery. And that's when they realized what was wrong, that I was missing a uterus. And I felt that for something that obvious and so big that the uterus not being present, why did it took them so long? I know what the problem was. Um, so that kind of stuck with, uh, stayed with me for a long time, and it, it was a very challenging time in my life to cope with not being able to have children. At the time, I wasn't trying to conceive, but I have a big family, and all my life I thought that eventually in the future, I would be able to get pregnant and have lots of children like my family. So it triggered certain um, feelings inside me. I didn't know, does it mean that I am a woman? What does it mean for me in a future relationship? How do I even tell someone I am dating that I can't have children when it's the right time to approach this conversation? And what might they think about me? Um, So it, it triggered a lot of things inside me and it was a very difficult time in my life. I went through my nursing studies, um, coping with those challenges that I think most people don't have to think about when they're at university, they are going out with their friends and um, it's such a fantastic time in our lives. But for me, I was coping with the future that had been taken away from me. And I was coping with having to have my vagina reconstructed which is something completely, I don't know, I hadn't met anyone at that point that had to go through that. Um, 
but it was the journey of rediscovering myself. And it was only a few years later when I felt that I had to use my circumstances to give back to this community. So I decided to start helping people who were trying to conceive because if I was able to help them with some of the strategies that had helped me, maybe what I was going through, through was not in vain. Maybe it had a bigger meaning. And that gave me some sense of purpose. Um, and I felt that maybe what could be really, really useful for people would be to help them be diagnosed sooner. It had taken me so long, years of so many investigations and medications and tests. And I was kind, kind of shocked to, to learn that it takes so long for people to be diagnosed. So I was not alone in that process. It takes on average 3.2 years for people to identify what is keeping them from getting pregnant. So I think lots of people might resonate with that. You sometimes even go through invasive treatment without finding out the cause. Yeah. So all my work has been in trying to speed up that time to diagnosis and then speeding up the time that people are in treatment as well, because there's it takes again over two years of treatment on average for people to have their babies or to give up. So I want to just to try and speed up the process, the whole process. Yeah. Wow, Andrea. Thank you so much, you know, for, for sharing a brief about your story. And it's amazing that um, from your experience, you have then chosen to help so many other people. That is really a wonderful thing that you're doing. And, um, you know, and, and like you said, I will think that looking at a scan, because you said you had quite a few scans, I would have thought that looking at that, you could see if there's a uterus or not, but uh, apparently not because, you know. No. It's shocking. You know, I've had several uh, ultrasound scans that the report clearly says that I do have a uterus when I don't. <sighs> So ultrasound scans are not the best way to diagnose the problem that I have. So they might be good for other problems, but the problem that I had, they were not the gold standard. So I should have had an MRI, uh, which wasn't uh, possible at the time under public funding. It took years of waiting for an MRI or I, should have uh, open surgery and I did. And that's when they noticed that there was nothing in there. So, but yeah, some it's choosing the right test to diagnose the right problem. And it's quite shocking that it takes so long for people to, to learn what is wrong with their bodies. And I think we all struggle, even if we can't have a baby at the end of the day, if we know why and the diagnosis, yeah. I think it can be very healing and it can help us cope a little bit better. Definitely. And, you know, even you saying that it takes an average three, over three years for people to get diagnosed, that's a lot of time that could have, you know, been used if they had been diagnosed much earlier for them to decide how they want to move forward. Either they want to explore other options or um, they opt to not um, to live a childless uh, no, by choice life, but not even knowing and taking that long and then additional amount of time if you decide to have treatment that, you know, you could potentially take. 
So it's amazing that you've then decided to help in that. Uh, uh, so very, very well done. Um, I do want to ask that what sort of testing is now available from your company? Yeah, so we came up with this concept of helping people be diagnosed, both men and women. I think a lot of the tests available on the market are targeted women only, but mm -hmm. we want to assess both men and women at minimal cost to populations all over the world. And that is a, a mission I really believe in because the cost of fertility care, both here in the UK, Europe, US, Africa, it's, it's really expensive. Yeah. And having children is a basic human right, so it shouldn't be a prohibitive price. So we came up with a simple idea of testing using an online questionnaire that assesses several aspects of your fertility health, from your hormones to your medical history, to your environmental factors, um, to your emotions, everything. And it gives you a global view of you as an individual and you as a couple, if you are in a coupled relationship. So we validated that online assessment that takes about 15 minutes to complete and patients have access to their patient portal that gives them a fertility score and personalized recommendations on what to do to improve that fertility score. So that is such a simple um, way of checking and we've made it completely free. So anyone anywhere in the world can check. It's still only in English for English speaking users, but I think in the future, we do have plans to translate it into several languages. Now, one of the things we've noticed is that lots of people who were completing our assessments one of the main components of the assessment is their hormone levels. And they hadn't had their hormones checked, even though they had been trying for a long time and many years. So we've made available these at-home hormone test kits as well, that at the moment are only available in UK, but soon enough we'll be able to do them as well all over the world, that empowers people by uh, collecting their own blood at home sending it to the lab, and then they will know, for example, their AMH levels, FSH, progesterone, all of those hormones that regulate our cycles, but also regulate how sperm is formed in men. So we need to check both. So we've made that available, and I'm really passionate about that because we have so many people now who are figuring out what they should do next to in order to grow their families yeah i really love that you know being able to do all those tests in their home because oftentimes i think that can make people more um interested in taking it because sometimes you know just going to the hospital for some people is uh it's not something they want to do so being having being able to do in the convenience of your own home and then of course you mentioning the fact that it's more affordable which is a big deal, you know, like I said, when you're trying to have fertility treatments, it's so expensive. So being able to have this testing done at home and then sending it over to the lab to get it um, evaluated yes. and you get the results, it's amazing. That's a, a significant cost reduction for people and every, every dollar, every pound, every euro 
every naira in our case, it all matters and it all adds up. So that's amazing that um, people can do this at home. And the fact that you have that uh, free questionnaire, you said, to fertility yeah. uh, checks, that's amazing. And that's, is that, in your opinion, when should people be doing this? Is it when they're actually trying to conceive or, you know, someone in a co in college, in university that just wants to know or at what point she will be so going I, through this? Yeah, That is such a good question. I think, um, so let's say for someone who is under 35 years old yeah. and you have regular cycles, you haven't been diagnosed with PCOS or endometriosis, then you shouldn't be tested straight away. You can just try to conceive for six to 12 months and see if it happens naturally. However, if you are over 35, I think because fertility starts declining from that age, it's a good idea to start doing some basic tests. And I would say looking at your hormones because they regulate your cycle particularly your estrogen, your LH, your FSH, your progesterone, and then your AMH, which gives you an indication of ovarian reserve, will tell you whether you're okay to try naturally for a while or if you should look into further investigations. So it has to do with where you are. And I think there's lots of women that are diagnosed, for example, with PCOS, when they're teenagers, but they are given the pill to regulate their cycles. So it sort of masks their symptoms and they only realize they have a problem when they stop taking the pill and they start trying again. So if you don't have any problems whatsoever and you're young, you don't need to be tested. But if you are over 35, and you have any problems or symptoms, I think it's a good idea because it empowers you with information that you can use to make very important decisions about your future. Great, thank you. And even if, like you said, if you, if you have a certain diagnosis or you've had something checked out, you can still use it on the 35 as well. Um, yes, to be able absolutely. To tell. Mm -hmm. absolutely. So we've had some people who are in their 30s, early 30s, they don't want to get pregnant now, but they want to know if they are okay to wait for a while. So right. measure their ovarian reserve by measuring their AMH and their FSH levels. If right. their results are normal for their age group, then they can wait a year or two um, and then either test again or start trying for a baby. So again, it's just knowing as much as you can about your body so that you're not caught up in, you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen. You don't meet the right guy or you want to focus on your career. Um, so it just gives you more freedom to do those things and wait for the right time if you know that your fertility is okay at the moment. Right. Okay, thank you. And if it's not, then, you know, there are also options that people might want to consider if they want to have preservation and fertility preservation done, but you know, using your kit empowers them with that information to make that decision if that's something they want to do. Absolutely, and it's such a good point because if I'm not ready right now, but I know that I have low ovarian reserve, then I can go through a cycle of stimulation, freeze my eggs, and then use them when I am ready. 
and 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 that is such a, an empower, empowerment thing to do isn't it it is. It is. And it's it is. lots of people doing that yes definitely and and we need to have that information which is why i really love what you're doing being aware and being properly educated about what your current situation is and the options that you have it just helps you to better make mm-hmm. a decision about how you want to proceed even yeah. either now or in the future so thank you and you know we've been speaking a lot about women but what about men your kits is it applicable to men as well what can men get tested for using your kit yes men um often are a bit um less tested and i'm completely yeah. against that because men are 50 percent of this equation uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of cases of infertility that are caused by male factors. So we need to check men too. So in our online assessment, we check for several factors related to sperm. We check for um, surgeries that men might have had, for example, if they have had hernia repairs that are known to be potentially problematic. If they've had surgery, for example, in their genital organs, we check for their hormone levels as well, because sperm as well is produced in the testicles, but it's matured over 74 days. And this process of sperm going from a single cell to that shape that we all know with the head and the tail yeah. um, depends on hormones as well. So often if male hormones are not balanced as well, then that might cause sperm not to develop normally. So with our test kits, men can also check their hormones and um, see if that is one of the causes of why their sperm parameters might not be normal. Right, and that's very important. Like you said, that we want men to also be getting tested because oftentimes you can even hear people that I've been trying to conceive for a while, the woman has been tested and the man hasn't been tested at all. And, you know, just testing initially, finding out from the hormone levels with your kit, for example, could at least give them some information to say, well, is everything okay? Or perhaps more investigation is needed. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, um, I think often clinics will recommend that patients just, uh, just do a basic sperm analysis but so many times the sperm analysis appears normal but the dna damage is there because the sperm analysis does not test for dna damage so and equally there's other things that could be affecting that dna damage so i think it's important for men to have a thorough examination just like women do you know go through a clinical history a physical assessment, sperm analysis, of course, and then a hormonal test as well. And that will put men in an equal foot (laughs) to women in terms of checking what might be wrong, but equally they will be able to to learn if something is wrong, what can we do? And so many times these problems can be reversed um, just by changing some of our habits or environmental factors or what we are eating or drinking or smoking uh, because sperm is very fragile to all of these factors and maybe we won't even need invasive treatment. 
So I think the, the more we can do to resolve problems in a less invasive way, the better it will be for patients. Yeah, and especially oftentimes, you know, again, men complain about not feeling too comfortable about all those invasive uh, options. And so being able to, if they're in some cases, being able to adjust our lifestyle, which, you know, we don't even realize has been a problem because again, like male factor and fertility is increasing globally. And like you said, in some cases it's lifestyle and what we're eating mm -hmm. and, and environmental factors and we're just not aware. So being even aware is... Um, I think we just get used to leading life at a certain pace yeah. that is probably not the best for our bodies, but we're so used to it that we don't notice that it's, it's detrimental, not only for our fertility, but for our health, our emotional health, our cardiac health, you know, all of those things. So it's just an opportunity to maybe take a step back and see what can I do that is better for me as a human being. Yeah. Um, and also for my fertility, of course. And eventually all of these changes are something that we can maintain as individuals and couples, even when we get pregnant, even when we have a baby, so that we, we can all lead in a more you know sustainable yeah, way. Exactly, exactly. And so for anyone listening, I know you, you mentioned earlier that the fertility kits are just currently available in the UK right now, but you're looking to expand this globally. How can people get it if they wanna get the kits? So if, yeah, so if you're in the UK, you can either go to our website, www.efp.clinic or download our app and Hans Fertility app from any of the app stores and and that's how you can find the test kits and we can test all your hormones or if you for example have tested some but not all so you, if you want a specific hormone we can also do that um, we're, we don't want to test more than you need we believe in a more personalized approach to what you need to give you the answers that you need to move forward. So yeah, that that is how you can find us. Perfect, thank you. And for people that wanna access the app, to download the app, is that available globally then? Yes, the app itself is available globally. The online questionnaire is available globally as well. So it might be that you can have, you know, the hormone testing if you already have it and you are somewhere else in the world. Yeah, you can input that data into the online assessment as well and learn about your fertility score, learn about your personalized recommendations and what to do next. Okay. And is, is this all through the, and the enhanced app that you download or do we go online for that? Yeah, it's all in the app and it's all online. So you can choose how to use it. I, we noticed that around 50% of people do prefer the app, but there's still a, a significant number of people who prefer to, to do everything on a computer as well. So it's available in both, in both options. Okay, thank you. So we'll, we'll get downloading and uh, since it's, um, it's amazing that you've chosen to offer this to us all for free in terms of the app and the online questioning, which is really, really important. And we also look forward to having the kits um, distributed globally so that we can all start using it and saving money and yes. be able to empower ourselves much earlier. So 
just as a wrap up in terms of saying that if anyone is listening and just wanting to know how important fertility testing is when trying to conceive, what would you say? Fertility testing, it, it's the beginning. It gives you the answers you need to decide where you need to go. We all have this map and we know that destination is baby, but there are so many ways to get there and to know which way to take, we need to know where we are. And testing gives us that, it tells us where we are so that we know which way to go. And um, it's so important. That, that's why I'm so passionate about it. If we can reduce the 3.2 years it takes for people to figure out what the problem is, it might be the difference between someone who is 35 and is already 38 by the time they know what's wrong with them. And it's very different for our ovarian reserve and our treatment outcomes. So testing is the beginning of everything. It's when we know where we are. So we figure out the way forward. Thank you so much. Well said, Andrea. <laughs> I wanna thank you so much, you know, because it really is amazing work that you're doing, uh, you know, to have this is so young, like I said, around 17, and we all were not even aware of anything about fertility. We all just having fun playing around clueless about yeah. any fertility related information, but you were already dealing with that and trying to figure out what was going on with you. So for you to go from that whole experience and then choosing to, you know, train as a nurse, give back to so many people, offer so many resources to people globally at no cost for free. And then also creating this kits as well at a reduced cost to help people to, you know, be able to diagnose, to get that diagnosis much earlier. It is so amazing, all that you're doing. I'm so thankful and you're such a blessing to this uh, TTC community, trying to conceive community for people that might not know TTC. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andrea, for all that you're doing. You're really, really amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paula, for helping me share the word helping me share my mission and for all the work that you do helping so many people who are who are in this challenging journey thank you thank you and we look forward to having this uh kits as well here in nigeria other parts of africa and europe and the us as well absolutely thank you so much and uh, we'll be sharing the information with your app and the link as well and fertility kit details in the notes so that people can reach out to you if people want to reach out to you what's the best way to reach you so if you go on Instagram, you can message me. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You know, if you go to our website, of course, there's also an email button so you can reach us out there as well. Okay, wonderful. We'll be reaching out to you. Thank you so much, Andrea. It's really been a pleasure having you here. And we look Thank forward you. to having you again in the near future. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.